bringing business, consulting, and product expertise together, Galaxy Solutions industry experts explore current trends and technology on the GX podcast. On this episode of the GX podcast, we're going to continue our discussion around business transformation. At its core, business transformation involves making fundamental changes in how business is conducted in order to help cope with market shifts. During our transformation series, we've tapped into our industry experts to bring us their thoughts on how to achieve transformation excess. Ideas like flow thinking, value realization, and organizational dynamics to software-defined legacy transformation, and even leveraging AI to upgrade your legacy systems. All wonderful ideas, best practices, and solutions. And today, we're going to be digging into some of the issues that all organizations face when approaching their transformation strategy. I'm lucky to be joined today by Dan Zellum, former global CTO at Johnson & Johnson and senior vice president and chief of business technology at Medco. While at Johnson & Johnson, he led and successfully delivered a global cloud and digital transformation, a life sciences first. Dan retired in 2018 from Johnson & Johnson and now provides technology advisory services to numerous entities, including corporations, strategic consulting firms, venture capitalists, and private equity firms. Also joining us today, we have Galaxy's president and COO, Sandeep Ngangyopadye. So thanks for joining us today, guys. Good morning, glad to be here. Thanks, Tracy. So Dan, I know you've been part of several successful transformations. Can you highlight for us some of the key challenge areas and help us understand why many organizational efforts stall or really never come to fruition? Well, thanks again for having me here and good morning uh, to, to you, Sandeep, and uh, to you, Tracy. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, I, in my 40 plus year career, I've had the great fortune, you know, both at J&J and at, at, at Medco to be parts of uh, large scale transformations in, a, in very large enterprises. And, you know, those opportunities don't come along uh, too often. And, uh, and both of those companies provided me that opportunity and uh, it, it, it real, they are extremely challenging. They're heavy lifts for an organization, but they're game changing. And uh, they're certainly not for the light of heart, but uh, I had the great fortune and opportunity. And I think, you know, when you, when you talk about transformation, it's not a one size fits all type of thing. And it's very different you know, if you talk about the large enterprises versus the mid-cap companies versus the small-cap companies, and I know, you know, people talk about it, we kind of roll it all into one. And most of my experience has, has been in the large-scale enterprises, you know, both the Johnson Johnson and Medco. And for me, the biggest challenge that I see there are, are really threefold. And I, and I still see companies today in the work that I do where people are struggling or companies are still struggling with that. And first and foremost is the amount of legacy debt that these companies have. Uh, it is substantial and it, it's a lot to transform and it's not quick. You know, you're talking about multi-year journeys to be able to do that. But if you're really gonna digitize a company, you can't just do it on the edge. These systems of records have to be brought into the fold if you're really gonna digitize a company. And so you've got to, in some cases, you know, transform and re-architect, you know, some of these core platforms, peeling the layers back from systems that may have not been touched in years or decades. You've got regulatory overhang, particularly in the healthcare field, where, you know, 
you've got to also stay in compliance with whatever you're doing. So it's a big challenge for companies. And then that leads directly into the next, which is the financial challenges. How do you make the financial case for these large-scale enterprise transformations? Um, in many cases, much of this legacy debt that I talked about is fully depreciated. So some regards, it's, it's free. It's not costing the company any money. And particularly in a model like J&J, where the business units really fund all of IT, you know, it's, it's a big hit for them to fund because all of, these, all of these transformations have a financial bubble that you have to invest until you get to the other side of the mountain. And then you, get, you reap the benefits, not only of agility, but also uh, cost savings as well that really take place. So really working hard to get the organization to understand what the value is and make that financial case. And I've heard more than one global CTO, you know, over the past year be faced with, well, you have to self-fund this transformation. Not an easy thing to do and take it out of run rate costs. So that's a, that's a huge challenge for the organization. Next, culture. I think that, you know, all of these transformations require a tremendous amount of change and how you work, how you think, how, what role the business units play. And change is hard. It's one of the hardest things to do. You know, we, we kind of focus on the technology, but all of those other aspects of change uh, in an organization are not particularly global companies. It's not to be underestimated of what it will take. And it isn't just sending out emails. It is really engaging the organization to, to act and think differently and execute differently along the way. And that leads into my last point, which is talent. You know, talent, it's not a new issue, but I think more than ever now, uh, talent has been more of a challenge for companies to really be able to execute these transformations. And by that, I mean, you know, if you think about a cloud transformation or a digital transformation, we're moving away from, well, you're an application developer or you're uh, an infrastructure person you're moving into a phase where people are being looked at as full stack developers. And it's not for the light of heart. Again, it, it's extremely complex. It requires different skills. And, you know, there aren't enough of those people today. And, you know, and a lot of these large organizations, quite frankly, just don't have this talent and neither do some of the outsourcers or some of the consulting firms. Uh, we're all competing for that talent. And for me, one of the biggest opportunities for my infrastructure organization was how do we bring automation into the fray, right? How do we automate and software define the infrastructure? Uh, and again, that's a heavy lift. So that's kind of my thinking about, you know, really where the struggles are today and why organizations kind of get stuck or can't get out of the starting blocks. I think we should rename um, this uh, transformation, not for the faint of heart. Um, <laughs> what you're what you um, have just uh, shared with us is something we've, we've, we've heard repeatedly, themes around value realization or how important organizational dynamics can be, the role that automation uh, could play in, in assisting in all of this. Um, you know, but Sandeep, and what are some of the ways that we've addressed, um, you know, there's a lot, that's a lot to unpack there that Dan said. So what are some ways that we're, we're trying to address these challenges? Thanks, Tracy. And uh, these uh, some of these solutions that Dan and Pete have worked on in our uh, partnership over the last uh, several decades now, right, Dan? It's uh, you know we we have, um, as Dan said, been very fortunate in having had the opportunity 
to support him in some of those incredibly profound and impactful um, you know, strategic uh, initiatives. And um, some of the challenges we talked about, for example, resourcing, we have learned over the years, um, it's not uh, just one single thing you do, it's a combination of different things. For example, Dan talked about automation. Automation is key because through automation, you elevate uh, what people do. You, you know, you don't, if you're going to go into a pool of resources that are uh, constantly being battered and barraged by uh, demand, you want to make sure that you don't waste their time. So you use automation as much as possible and uh, you have the most intellectual work, the non-repetitive intellectual work left to the people. And that is incredibly important because what happens when you do that is you make, for example, uh, jobs back in the US that much more viable. Uh, if you are using a ton of automation to take say 60, 70, upwards of 75% of the effort is automated, in a transformational engagement. Uh, now you're talking about uh, people that are want to be engaged because this is the future. Uh, working with automation is how they build their careers. Um, and so it's a multifaceted approach which uh, uses uh, career building as part of the resource strategy. It uh, brings people in at people with the aptitude and attitude that we have talked about uh, before, uh, rather than people with uh, 17 years of experience. Uh, and it uses that level of experience for really intellectual work. So you need less people, but people that are truly talented and who want to build your career. And that's how we are seeing over the last 10, 15 years that we are able to hold on to the talent the way Galaxy has been, right? Our, our worldwide average uh, tenure with Galaxy is 10 plus years. There is a reason why that happens and we are realizing this is why. The second thing, and again, goes back to automation, disruption, the fear of disruption and the fear of uh, value delivery uh, as Dan suggested, are the two biggest challenges in undertaking any of these. Because first of all, um, as Dan explained, these are all fully amortized system. If it's not broken, why do I need to fix it? Uh, number two, um, uh, you know, yes, I invest money. It's already not costing me anything. So you want me to invest money in something and you're gonna have me wait three years before I see a dime out of this? How does that make financial sense? I may not even be the CFO or you know the CIO or whoever at that point of time. So um, uh, in a in a market that has to present results to Wall Street every quarter, uh, it is uh, intrinsically internal dynamics are such that it is challenging to take on transformative uh, engagements. Which is why again you lean on automation because automation will ensure that it is data-driven. Uh, you can prove that you can eliminate disruption by actually going ahead and certifying the uh, change to make sure that there is no change, there is no risk because you're already doing it in a safe way. You're already flipping the switch in a way that it can't hurt you. Uh, and finally, it's also because it's data-driven, 
you are able to uh, very precisely predict when value is being delivered, how, when, in what uh, shape and form, and in what order. And that allows you uh, to completely turn the model on its head where many of the engagements we have embarked on and Dan is one of the uh, leading proponents of this over the years and he has encouraged us to think this way, which is you can do self-funding, uh, a truly powerful transformative initiative funds itself. So you are not asking a CFO to give you a three-year loan where they don't see anything until those three years are over. You're basically producing results very quickly and then the value, uh, you have an agreement that a significant portion of the value is fed back into this factory so you can you know, continue to deliver those transformations. And that's the uh, simplest way by which uh, you know you are able to deliver these changes, and uh, some of our other talks that we have done around software-defined transformation factories is key to deliver that. Just like Dan had uh, delivered the industry's leading solution around software-defined, basically delivery engines, uh, which are uh, fully qualified, and uh, you know the SDDC the data centers where um, uh, not just software defined uh, in terms of their operations or in terms of their deployment, uh, it's even uh, software defined in terms of their uh, validation qualification. So that same uh, approach is what we have followed with our GX Digifact, which is a logical system repository that drives not just software defined data centers, but now we are talking about transformation of the entire application stack. Dan, would you like to add anything? No, that, that you know, you hit the you hit the nail on the head there. You're you're absolutely right. And you know, you know, if I think back to you know the work that I did at J and J, you know, we had we had six thousand applications that we had to to migrate to our to our cloud platform. And if we had taken the approach of we're gonna, you know, handcraft manually crank each one of those we'd still be working on it. So the only path home was through to create the, what we call, lovingly call the factory model, which really provided, uh, was a, a software platform that provided automation to trans, transform and migrate our applications onto our hybrid cloud platform. And our goal was, you know, how do we avoid disruption? You know, because that would be, you know, once you had disruption, the whole train would stop people would lose faith in the organization. And so we literally, you know, through that factory, were able to move hundreds of thousands of workloads over, over a weekend and schedule them quarters out. And that ties back to our, to our financial model and our financial governance, because every time we did that, the cash register rang and we rung up savings. And our financial model that we built had such level of granularity. So we knew what the value was going to add at a unit almost at a unit cost. And it was a great way to draw, continue to drive and monitor uh, the program. So absolutely agree that in all of these things, and it could be at the infrastructure level or the data center level or at higher levels of the stack, you know, automation is, is really the way. And then I would say that the second thing there is to you know, create value early and often wherever you can because that creates what I call the pull mechanism for an organization. You know, transformations that are pushed at an organization, 
that's where you run into all of the sort of people putting their hands up and saying, whoa, what's, what's going on here? But if you can create a pull mechanism by creating value that's visible uh, and demonstrable, and you can back it up by facts, that creates excitement in the organization, creates confidence in the organization. And that's what we did, you know, in our, in our in the first part of our journey. We, we, we chose the toughest problem and the hardest place to implement it in Asia Pac, which was, you know, thousands upon miles away from where we were in, in uh, New Jersey. And, you know, there was a lot of doubters in the organization, but we did it and it was game changing. Uh, in terms of what, what happened and the value that was realized in terms of resiliency of the system, performance, cost, uh, agility in the marketplace. So, uh, and it was all done through different layers, different pieces of automation that we put in place at, at every layer of the program. So it sounds like what I'm hearing from you um, and both of you, it's so interesting to hear different points of view, but essentially saying the same thing. It sounds like there really is light at the end of the tunnel on how to complete these you know, enormous transformation um, um, programs. Uh, but Dan, what are what are some of the main areas that maybe companies are forgetting but need to remember in order to have that successful transformation? I mean, you've mentioned the use of automation and in some maybe more obvious, I will say, but what are some some things that people are forgetting? Well, I think I want to go back to sort of the cultural aspect of it. And, you know, a big question you know, that you face as a leader for any of these things is the why, you know, how do you explain to the organization and particularly people in the, in the technology organization, we are asking to change so much of how they've worked potentially in their organization and to get people to be focused on why are we doing this? And the answer can't be just because Dan said, we're, this is what we're supposed to do. Because if you can get organizations to understand the why and what we're playing for, and what the outcomes can be uh, and why that's important. You know, it's technology is a means to an end, right? It's, it's, it's certainly a great enabler, but at the end of the day, it's all about creating business value. So getting the organization, the technology organization, the business unit organization, uh, the stakeholders, clients, customers to really understand what you're playing for and why uh, and what does good look like it's something you can't, because none of these journeys are a straight line. They have lots of dips. <laughs> they have wild sort of, you know, setbacks. And, you know, so building organizational resiliency, uh, you've, something you really, you really have to work at uh, as a leader in these organizations. And because, you know, organizations that take on these large challenges, particularly the larger ones, the track record isn't great. You know, there's lots of uh, battle scars and things that have what I call affectionately call slide that slid back down the mountain and were abandoned. And so you've, you've got to, as these things come along, you know, understand the risk and know beforehand what you're going to do to keep the train running and not letting it slide back down the mountain and, you know, kind of just die in the vine, which is, you know, unfortunately not uncommon in, in some of these. Yeah, so building in building in that kind of resiliency. Sandeepin, what are some, you know, in listening to Dan's approach and some of the things that are he thinks critical, uh, can you tell us some more about how you've successfully updated some business processes and technologies as a bigger part of, of transformation? Certainly, Tracy. Um, and uh, in line with some of the guidance that, you know, Dan talked about and we have had from him before, um, the 
the holistic approach um, means that in a typical strat strategic transformation, you have to address people, technology, process, all of it. And in concert, they, they have to move. You can't move just one end and then come to the next one. They have to move step by step together. So uh, the cultural aspect of it means that you need very deep rooted change management and internal communications program. And there needs to be buy-in. You know, you kind of turn the, uh, you know, the sequence around where you have to start with the road shows. You don't end with the road shows. You start with the road shows so you can show through uh, prior successes, uh, the demonstrations, um, you know, references. Uh, you have to uh, build a level of uh, energy around uh, the program and the approach to the program. Um, and that requires significant leadership support and uh, you know it needs people like Dan at the helm who are able to muster that kind of commitment uh, across uh, you know the executives, and that allows us to build our change and internal you know internal communications programs around that. And Dan, I know you've had some great success in this area, and uh, so many times um, whether it was. Um, you know, uh, reverse engineering uh, some financial applications where you set the bar for us that, guys, uh, I need you to do it to the extent that uh, if, um, you know, this financial system or this claims processing engine needs to be rebuilt, I don't need to look at the code. I can look at the LSR, the logical system repository. And I remember that, I mean, almost 20 years ago now, but um, that's the kind of guidance that we took from you and we were able to turn that around into um, a completely different process, a different uh, level of engagement from various stakeholders and do something that was highly precise and data driven. Uh, Dan, anything you'd like to add to that in terms of how we can uh, achieve success in this area? You know, I, I, you know, I remember that example fondly, you know, it was, uh, you know, a, a customer service system that, you know, we needed to, we needed to modernize and re-engineer and everybody was scared to death about doing that because, you know, you could, you know, particularly in health, healthcare, where you're dealing with patients' lives, you can't afford to be wrong or give wrong information. And, you know, so we had to have great confidence be way before we were moving into production uh, about the results and what was the outcome and what was it going to be. And the only way to do that, again, was to use data-driven and using production, you know, to validate your, your outcome. And so we were able to, through, you know, the mechanisms of a data-driven approach and automation, to really mimic production through a test harness that was with huge scale and almost playback production before it was production and really see and match to 100% that what we put in, we're going to put in production matched what was in production. It was a non-event at the end of the day. You know, it went in and there wasn't a hiccup. And so having that type of mindset where, you know, you're, you're using the data to get the coverage that you need to really exercise the code 
at, at a large scale and with the arrival rate that you might expect in production. Now, that's when you do that, that's magic. And it is a different way of thinking. And it's a high level of change. And it, it, it does, you know, enable greater precision in, in what you're doing. So, yeah. Um, so I want to just touch back on something that we, we talked about a minute ago, which was um, how important things like cultural uh, change, talent, um, maybe even a vendor or partner relationships are as part of successful transformation. You know, what are some of the key enablers that you might uh, put in place or you might want in place at, as your organization uh, to see those happen? Um, and that, I, to both of you, really, Dan or, or Sandy, but if you want to take that. I, I, you know, for me, I, I wanted to touch on talent because it's such a, it's such a, a huge driver of these, these transformations. And I've always had a multi-pronged approach to talent. And I, I always love to push some people to the front of the bus. You know, my motto was always was, I, you know, I don't want passengers, I want drivers. At every organization, there are people out there waiting for the opportunity. They have the passion. And they're not necessarily at the top of the organization. They could be anywhere in the organization. So I always found great joy and great results, quite frankly, by finding those people in the organization who are ready to step to the front of the bus and show the organization what's possible. Uh, not only what they could achieve and perhaps what they could take their career to, but what business outcomes they could create. So, you know, that was a key part of my strategy always. And the second part was, all of these transformations are going to require bringing in external talent. Again, some of these large organizations, they've had a group of people who've been thinking and acting the same way for decades. And you don't have to do that on mass necessarily, but you do need to bring in a, a couple of two key individuals. I call them rainmakers. And they can be new hires or they can be consultants as well. And in some respects, they show the org they teach the organization how to fish, and they can have a dramatic impact as well to a, to a transformation. And the last one I always look at is vendor relationships, and certainly you know Galaxy certainly fits this bill as well. You know, all of these companies have strategic relationships with providers, and what I always push for, and Sandeep can attest to this that I, I look for: what are you going to contribute? You know, how are you going to help me differentiate? How do we get access to the talent that you're bringing to the table? And how can they make a difference for me in, in the journey? And having that relationship with a few strategic uh, partners is absolutely critical because they're part of the talent pool that you have to pull together to make these transformations successful. So whether it be a company like Galaxy or a big tech firm, you know, I always wanted to you know, have that, that strategic relationship with the executives but also how do I get access to the deep talent, to the engineering folks in, in those organizations? And how do I get them at the table? So they understand. And you know, quite frankly, through our journey at J&J, &J, we co-created you know, numerous innovations that helped us through the compliance challenges that we had, uh, as well as some of the security challenges. And you know, let's face it, operating at the scale of J&J &J in a Medco, is very different than operating at the scale of many companies of smaller sizes. You have to think differently. You have to architect differently. And, you know, so the, for me, it was kind of that, that three-pronged attack to get the talent in the, in the right place. Sandy, anything to add to that? Yeah, I think, um, uh, you know, Dan covered it. It's exactly all of that. And I think 
you know, what we are seeing work very well uh, with the outsourced America program. Uh, when you combine that with the automation, we very quickly found that it is symbiotic uh, because uh, you can scale the uh, deployment of GXports, the automation, the factories and the playbooks with uh, that level of talent. And then in return, you are building demand for talent that's specifically targeted at uh, career building and uh, you know, being successful and not being driven um, uh, by just level of work, but also uh, there is sophistication in the work for sure, but it is also the mission behind the work and what we achieve in these major transformations. So that seems uh, to us uh, that has been a great reason why uh, this program and the GX Force and partnership between GX Force and O2A has been as successful as it has over the years. So um, with that being said, if you could give Sandeepan one piece of advice to a company thinking about or struggling to progress in a transformation, or like Dan said earlier, you know, it's diet on the vine, um, you know, what would it be? What, what, what would you, what piece of advice would you give that company to, to move their transformation forward? I think, um, uh, you know, with all the successes that organizations have had in this data-driven, uh, factory-driven, automation-driven approach, I think, um, you know, uh, leaders um, um, should, number one, um, undertake the change management aspect before they even dream of, um, you know, embarking on transformation, because if the organization isn't ready for that transformation, it won't be the code that breaks, something else will break before the code breaks. I think that is key. I think it is important for um, leaders to know, uh, to educate themselves about the level of automation and factory-based uh, delivery that is possible today um, and uh, leverage that for success. And I think it is, uh, you know, uh, it empowers them to be leaders within their organizations where they go on to say uh, that I don't need much to make this happen. I don't need um, uh, a lot of money. I don't need a lot of time. Uh, and I can promise uh, a significant elimination of disruption. But what I do need in return is the engagement, the change management, the support, the sponsorship um, in, in embarking on uh, these transformations. And uh, I think if uh, some, you know, the leaders are able to achieve that, um, definitely successes, um, you know, follows all of that. Dan, uh, what do you think? Yeah, that's, that's, that's well said. You know, all, all of these transformations are really, a true test of a leadership that, that 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 one has to bring to the table, and it is a combination of you know that the technical excellence, that architectural excellence, that change management and communication resiliency, and you know how are you impacting the operations as well, because uh, you have to solve for all three. You know, and I've I've often talked to my teams about you know you you have to solve for the simultaneous equation. It isn't just the technology. You've got to hit all, all of those fronts. And at the end of the day, as I've said before, what value have you created for the organization? And value comes in many forms. 
but it, you know, what, what demonstrable value are you creating for the organization? Because if you can do that, if you can do that, you will get, again, I want to refer back to the pull versus the push. And I think, you know, what you just talked about is really creating that, that pull mechanism in the organization uh, where there's frequent demonstration of value uh, in the organization that it can visibly see, like you said, once you hit, and it's really magic when you do it, is once you hit that inflection point in an organization, thing you get that flywheel effect and everything accelerates. And it's, it's, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to experience as a, you know, as a technical leader in one of these large enterprises because it really is game changing for the organization. And I would close by saying that you know, for anyone out there, you know, this is a marathon, it's not a sprint. There's challenges and opportunities along the way. And every one of them is an opportunity for you to demonstrate leadership and continue the journey and really create that, that, that transformative uh, platform uh, at the end of the day for, for, your, for your company. Well, thank you so much for those final thoughts, Dan and Sandeep, and always a pleasure uh, to hear new voices and um, learn a little bit more about our transformation journey. Um, I think we'll, we'll close with that. One last thought that we heard over and over again was have a clear why. Make sure that your organization understands the why behind the transformation and it, it's gonna drive, drive a lot of decision-making um, throughout your journey. Um, again, thanks, Dan. Thanks, Sandeep. And um, nice speaking with you again. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you. The GX Podcast is available on SoundCloud, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Or you can visit us at Galaxy, that's G-A-L-A-X-E.com for more content.